You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hello and welcome to a Scottish Football Forums podcast special with Graeme Wilson, a patron for Back On Side. In this interview, Graeme talks openly about his battle with depression and alcoholism and how that battle took him to the brink of taking his own life on a number of occasions. There is no hiding place for Graeme as he talks about his darkest days, including taking payday loans to feed his alcohol habit and drinking weed killer in a bid to end his pain. Thankfully, Graeme is here to tell the story of how he gave up booze on the 4th of October 2013, overcoming his demons and turning his life around to be where he is now. In his role as a patron... He frequently gives talks in universities and schools to raise mental health awareness and explains the great work of Back On Side. As you're by now aware, we have our own charity event for Back On Side on Sunday 29th of March at Broadwood Stadium between fans and ex-players of Aberdeen and Celtic. Graeme elaborates on the importance of such events as ours and the upcoming Back On Side Ball on 2nd of May to bring much needed funds so they can continue to help people in crisis with their mental health struggles. Graeme's final message is to encourage anyone who is suffering to speak out and for others to listen. Nobody should suffer in silence and ending your pain just passes that on to others. So here's the Scottish Football Forums podcast Back On Side special with patron Graeme Wilson. Graeme, thank you very much for, for joining us. Um, just for the um, the purpose of our listeners who might not know you, who are you? What's your story? Yeah, well, my, my name is uh, Graeme Wilson. Uh, I'm a patron of uh, Back On Side. Um, the reason I'm a patron of Back On Side is because um, I'm a survivor of suicide. Um, uh, I've tried to take my life on numerous occasions um, over, over a four or five year period. Uh, I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I drank alcohol because of my mental health. Um, so it was a good fit. I love my sport. And at the time, we're back on side. Was, um, we were um, promoting mental health through sport. It was. Um, it seemed like a perfect fit. So that's why I got involved with back on side. And, and now go about and um, changing room chats and, and into schools um, and just tell, tell my story, which um, unfortunately, Unfortunately for me, and uh, isn't a great story, um, but it's. Uh, I'm told it's inspiring. I find it hard to believe it's inspiring because of. Uh, I, I wasn't the nicest of people, but um, when I was drinking and, and taking all the stuff I was, so I find the word inspiring pretty hard to accept because uh, my wife, my mum, and my dad are inspiring, but I certainly wasn't. So, yeah. yeah. Just tell us about how bad it got the alcoholism. Um, extremely bad. Um, every day for I was never a. I was always a heavy drinker from a, from an early age, but the last five years of my, my, my drinking, I'm six and a half. Well, I'm, I'm seven years sober on October the fourth. So the five years previous to that were extremely bad. Um, I was drinking every day, uh, all day. I was taking other substances to keep me going. So I was drinking, uh, I was fully functioning, so I was working. Um, but I would sometimes be in a pub from half past eight uh, in the morning uh, with a laptop, working, drinking. Um, and then it, it got to heightened stages, so I was starting to get payday loans. So I was getting payday loans to, to, to fund um, my drinking. Um, uh, and then I needed payday loans to pay off the payday loans. Uh, and, and it spiralled out of control. Um, you know, 
financially and mentally. Um, when I got caught the first time with uh, um, with the payday loans, that that was my first suicide attempt. Um, I took there was a thing called amitriptyline, which was meant for shingles. My wife had been diagnosed with shingles, which is it's a stress-related illness, and I found that or I knew the tablets were there, and ten of them would have would have probably killed me, and I took fifty-two of them. Um, uh, and Callan found me. Uh, I went in and kind of started telling her that she didn't have to worry about me anymore. Um, I would no longer be a burden because um, that's what I felt like. Um, I would no longer be. Um, she could get on with her life, all that sort of nonsense. And I went in the bedroom. Now I'd done a chat down at Kamara Football Club not that long ago, and. I thought I was out of the game for three hours before Carolyn found me, but it turns out it was only about ten minutes. Um, and she came in and found me, and I was, I was pretty much dead. Um, when she found me, my heart had stopped. Um, and and if she had hadn't found me when she did, minutes I wouldn't be here. But the ambulance arrived and, and brought me back. Um, but my heart was stopping and then racing and stopping and then racing, so they they stopped me in a coma, and. Uh, because nobody really knew what I'd done, so they thought it was a brain aneurysm. And I, I got brought out of the coma, and it was the, the sights that Callum was to the right of me in tears, and my mum was to the left of me in tears, my dad was in the bottom of the bed, and he no longer wanted me. I'd put him through enough pain. And that that was um, that was the first time. Um, I was at the hospital three weeks, and I was drinking again, so it got particularly bad. Um it got extremely bad, you know. It got extremely bad to the extent of drinking weed killer. Um, and I had, <laughs> I laugh about this now, but obviously at the time mentally I was all over the place. I had previous to that, that was the last real suicide attempt. Um, but at the time, I don't, I still don't think it was a suicide attempt. I was just looking for something to get me, get me out, get, get, give me the dunt that I, I, I was looking for. So I, I took weed killer, but it wasn't your average weed killer. I'd been given it by a landscape gardener, and it was in a Pepsi bottle, um, and it was it was green, um, and I poured it into a half pint tumbler, and I had, a, I had a cheek to put lemonade in it. So I had a weed killer tops. <laughs> oh dear me! <laughs> uh, and I drank it. I, I drank it down, and it stayed down for about. I think it stayed down for a, a couple of hours, but on the way back up, it, it caused caused real damage. Um, you know, all my, my, my children, my, my, my neck here, um, couldn't eat. It caused a lot of damage internally as well, and uh, and that was me. Um, was catheterised, which. For, for a guy at the time, I was 34, 35, uh, and I was basically peeing into a bag, you know. And still, still don't think there was anything wrong with me. Still frightened to ask for help. Still uh, pride getting in the way. Still looking. Uh, I remember being in a pub, um, and I'm peeing into a bag, catheterised, and I'm looking about the pub, um, you know, and, and, and I'm judging other people in the pub because I'm looking for somebody to compare myself to so that I'm trying to justify that I'm alright you know and I'm thinking when I get as bad as him over there I'll, I'll chuck it as bad as him over there I'll chuck it I was 34, 35 and I'm pissing into a bag you know how, how bad did it really have to get um, 
Uh, and it was pretty quickly after that that I decided, or I didn't decide, I think my body decided, and my wife had decided that that, that things had to change. She kind of think, wanted things to change for a long time, but uh, I had lost the fight. I'd always had a wee bit of fight in me that I would keep going and everything would be all right. But and we went on holiday, uh, and in ten weeks I just broke down, and 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 I admitted to 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 Callan at the time that I hated myself, hated the way I looked, hated the way I acted, and, and booze gave gave me what I thought I should have been. You know, whereas I was mentally mental health was was in bits, and, and all I had to do was ask for help. But I would um, I found it easier to try and kill myself than I did to ask for help. You know, and that, that's. Quite a, that's quite a heavy statement, you know, and that that was that's the reality of the, the way where I was at. Yeah, without wanting to say morbid about asking this question, um, was when you think back now, did you really want to kill yourself, or did you just want to end the pain? Once I wanted to, once one once I definitely wanted to. The other times, I wanted to wake up and feel normal. Um, so I probably had about five or six attempts um, through taking codamol, paracetamol, um, you know, cutting myself. I was self-harming. I was cutting myself with Stanley blades in my head. Um, you know, up here I've got a dent in my head here, and, and it was just through fresh Stanley blades. Um, so yeah, one of them, 100%. I, I, I no longer, I no longer wanted to be here, um, and it wasn't. It wasn't. I no longer wanted to be here. I thought everybody would be better off than not being here. Um, you know, I thought it'd be easier. Um, which that's mental health. You know, I, I had that in my head that uh, um, everybody. I was a burden to everybody else. You know, nobody would really miss me. All that sort of cack. You know, and, and nothing. Nothing could have been further from the truth. I would have wrecked a lot of lives if I, if I had been successful. I wrecked a lot of lives by not being successful and I don't mean that as in um, you know the wish I had, had succeeded but uh, my mum my dad and Carl Ann I'm an only child so that's my that's my family um, and the three of them are affected by it because if I was late if I was out uh, and, and I was a wee bit late back or I hadn't been in touch then they were worried you know they were constantly worried for for three or four years, even in recovery, well, the problem was is the worst suicide attempt I had was in recovery. I was two years sober, and um, I'd had enough. So that kind of um, buggered me up big time because I thought, I've done everything. Stop drinking. Um, I should be fine now, but that was the point I realised that um, you know, my, my mental health was, was why I was I was drinking. I was drinking to take it away. So, yeah, it was... Uh, one attempt was was proper. The rest was probably just just wanting to wanted to go away. Um, and what sort of help did you end up getting to get in the place that you're at now? Uh, I went in for a couple of years, um, and I found that hugely beneficial. But uh, as everything everything I seem to have done, I, I came to a time where, where, where at, at two years I was I was starting to look about for for different things. I had. I had just basically changed um, my addictions. Oh, I, I was eating, so I was eating rather than drinking. Um, so I had piled on a lot of weight, um, and I was, 
I needed to change that because I just became more unhappy because I was fat or I, I was fat. I didn't even think I was fat. I was fat. Um, and I, I knew I needed to do something a bit different and, and that's when I started um, exercising again. Um, I went, I think, called football fans in training. I'm a, I'm a Partick Thistle fan. I blame them for me being an alky. Um <laughs> But I'm a Partick Thistle fan, and they had a thing called football fans in training, and that's where it all started. Um, where, where the full thing started, I, I went along to that broken. I, I didn't want to be there. I, mentally, I was all over the shop. Um, I had stopped going to football um, because I was frightened that when I went to the football, I would drink because I associated football with drink. So I pulled away from the football and going back to football fans in training. I I, uh, I lost weight. And I got healthy, and I got a bit of confidence back, and I started getting back to the football. Uh, and then from there, uh, I pushed on. Um, decided that uh, I was going to start trying to keep as fit as I possibly can. Um, so signing up to, to to things that a forty-two year old really shouldn't be signing up to, <laughs> but <laughs> signing up to them anyway. So your tough mothers. Um, I've got a marathon coming up in May. Um, I'm back playing football again, which um, I, I can't tell you how happy I'm to be back playing football. Um, last season I joined St David's over 35s, uh, and I've not played football for a, a number of years because of my confidence, um, because I felt I wasn't good enough. And, and um, But the boys at the team have made me feel welcome. So our season starts on Friday and or tomorrow, uh, and I'm absolutely buzzing. Gaffer will probably bench me, but I'm, I'm buzzing for it. Um, and that's, I can't remember the last time I've ever said that about wanting to go and play football again. Um, and I've, joined, I've got a personal trainer, um, Chris Erskine, who I, I can't tell you how much of a help the guy's been to me. Not just with the training aspect of it, but the, 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 the mental aspect of it as well. Just, just listening to me and talking to me and, but, we go in and train and I'm, and I'm doing stuff. I had no confidence whatsoever when I went to the gym. I, I couldn't even lift a bar above my head, you know, because it and it and it wasn't that I was weak. It was I was mentally struggling. I, I, had, I was so negative about myself that um, I, I couldn't push the weight. So I started off pushing a wee tiny, you know, a deadlift and a wee tiny ten kilogram bar. Not it wasn't tiny to me at the time. I, I could hardly lift it. You know, and, and and we're now doing ninety kilograms. You know, and and, and you know, it, it, it's just every step that you do, you get that wee bit of confidence back. Um, so so through all that, it's exercising now and doing a lot of stuff at the back on side. Talking about it, talking about it does two things for me. Um, it shatters me. It shatters me big time because you're bearing your soul, but it's. Also, the other aspect of it, it's hugely beneficial for me because it makes it real. Because you know, sometimes you can forget how bad things got and you start saying, uh, start saying, oh, it wasn't really that bad, you know. Thinking weed killer. You know, come on. That, that's kind of, that's kind of out there. Um, and that's how bad it got. So you, I can sometimes let my head wander and think, well, was it really that bad? Um, and so yeah, doing these things keeps me pretty grounded and knackered. Yeah, I bet it's, it's worth it. Some of the things that you're describing, you're putting me to shame. Um, but 
you know, you've met, you've touched on a wee bit about back inside doing and, and how you got involved. Just describe the the job the job that they do and how critical are fundraising events like ours that we've got coming up um, for what they deliver in their work. Absolutely massive, and and the things that we, that you guys are doing. Uh, I, I said this before, and you hear this in charities all the time. Oh, you're saving a life. You know, oh, you're saving a life by by donating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, are the people that we have got through in one-to-one counselling just now, or some of them, are, are, have been in crisis. And when I mean crisis, that is, they're, they're, they don't want to be here anymore, and they're deadly serious about doing them. And we've got them at the right time and got them into therapy, um, uh, and they stay with us um, for three months um, through the through the therapy, and um, fully funded. Um, so that's why we need to. Last week we had 40, 42. Last week one one sessions, um, at a weekly cost of a or a, 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 a person can through the therapy cost us about seven hundred pound. Um, for them, for them to try and get through, on average it was seven hundred and eighty pound that is to get them from from beginning to to where or, or whenever they're ready. But on average it's seven hundred and eighty pound. Um, and we've got 40 consistently every week just now, um, who are there for three months, you know. So the figures, the figures that make for the sale, and we're now having to vet um, people, which was not what we wanted to do, but but the funds just aren't there just now, um, you know. We've just we're trying to, and we've got a ball coming up that we need to sell because um, it does save lives. You, the, the events that you guys are putting on. Uh, we had a comedy night. Honest to God, I mean, you hear it all the time, but I'm, I, this is deadly serious. And I, I know people to save my life, and I know people whose whose lives it saved. I've, I've got friends that um, have been for therapy, uh, and I don't know how they've gone because I, I, I take nothing to do with it. But I've seen a change in them, um, uh, and I've known that, that we have, have saved um, numerous numerous individuals. So it, it's massive, and it also means it gives us a chance to get out of schools, which we've been doing recently. So I've seen fifth and sixth year um, students uh, at schools, and, and, and basically I'm telling a story, and, and we get uh, we try and get the education in there very quickly. But it's quite frightening the amount of young people that are now coming to us with problems, um, you know, with their mental health uh, issues. So. That's where some of the money goes, or most of the money goes. But we've also got the drop-in centres or the drop-in sessions, which, because we are so busy, we're, we're having uh, our maximum of 42 people in um, a week. There's a lot of people on the the, the waiting list. I hate calling it a waiting list, but a lot of people who would benefit from our drop-in se- sessions, um, which we're, we're getting back up and run again and. Um, they, they help people. Basically, it's just a drop-in. It says it as in the tin. There's no experts there. Um, basically, people come and have a chat, and we see if we can help in any way, shape, or form. Um, so usually a wee bit of exercise after it, whether it be football or be done on a rugby club. Um, I certainly, certainly wasn't involved in the rugby, but we've done one at the rugby club and, and um, at Stirling. Um, we've been at Airdrie. Um, we had a meeting today with Patrick Thistle. So there's a lot of stuff going on that, that we're trying to branch out a bit so that we can help mm-hmm. to stop people getting to the crisis stage which is 
because where when he where when he met, it's now prevalent all over the news. Um, and we need to make sure that we're helping as many people as we can. Not everybody needs to go into one-to-one counselling. Some people just need to talk. Yeah, but uh, I think that's yeah. that's going to be key. And um, also to fact that other people need to listen to it, more of awareness. Um, but if, I'll wrap up um, quickly with one last question because I know you've got things that you need to do. But um, uh, just a dog massage. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to reveal that, but you've just done it. <laughs> Do you know me? That could um, spread different kind of uh, stories. <laughs> um, but just give, um, in a serious note, just any advice to people who are listening who might be vulnerable, uh, what would you give them? Talk. Right. Uh, there's two bits here. So, um, my pride should have killed me. Um, I should be dead. Um, now, I, know I, hadn't, I didn't have any friends around to, to ask for help, but what I ask people to do um, uh, uh, through what we've heard by speaking to others is ask your mates if they're all right. Um, not just once, not just twice. Ask them a few times. If you think there's something wrong with your mate, there generally is something wrong with your mate. Now, I know for a fact that when anybody asked me, when I was at my lowest point, when I was as low as I could possibly get, rock bottom, Anybody asked me how I was doing, I would go, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm brand new. I'm all right. I'm good. Whereas I, I had planned out a detailed way that I was going to kill myself. And they would walk away. You know, and if somebody had asked, and we've had this before, that I wish I'd asked them again and if they were all right. Um, because then you've got that thing, right? They've, they've, they've got me here. Uh, and then, then, you know, they, they, they would open up. Um, now, when you open up, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do. But honest to God, it's the best thing. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, to to one admit that I was a, a, an alcoholic addict with mental health issues, um, and a guy was just not wasn't he in the, it's just not in the, the gig. Um, so I, I would suggest to people that that are struggling that it, that it is okay to speak up and say. I'm struggling, and, and, it, and it doesn't matter how small you think that that issue is that's keeping you back. It's your issue. You know, what I, I remember somebody saying to me when, when um, I was thinking, Graham, son, you've, you've not reached the bottom of the barrel yet. You know, they didn't know what the bottom of my barrel was. But all I heard was if I hadn't reached the bottom of the barrel yet, then I still had a bit to go. You know, I wasn't at rock bottom so it must have been okay and then I had twisted the whole thing around that I was fine so I would I would suggest to anybody if they've got anything that's lingering away or talking away phone back on site by all means phone anybody uh, it doesn't need to be back on site anybody to have a chat if it's one of the, the breathing spaces or, or anybody mm-hmm. whatsoever or message somebody um, it's just about reaching out because there is people out there to help. That's what I found. I thought there was nobody there to help. There's plenty of people here to help um, and be an ear, which is um, the biggest thing you could possibly help somebody with is just listening, no, no saying anything. Um, so, yeah, it's um, it, it's being about like, just being a bit brave and saying, you know what, I, I, I am struggling um, and, and having a chat. Uh, I remember it's just... 
I thought all my stuff was tiny and nobody would be interested in it, and that it wasn't tiny to me. Um, and and that's the same with everybody else. Everybody else has got their, their issues that other people may not think are big, but to them they're huge. So it's it's about that finding that happy medium and, and, and just reaching out. Um, it, we need to arrest this slide of people thinking they're better not, off being here because I, for one, can be the example that I made a mistake um, by trying to, to commit. But at the time, I didn't think I was. And, and, and I am here and I can't think of any... It's, can't you think of life, what life would have been without, I know this is going to sound a bit, but life without me been around, the, the devastation would have cost. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that's, that's the thing. Uh, yeah, everybody is loved by somebody. Yeah, definitely. I mean, had you um, had you not survived, it would have just passed on your pain to uh, your family. And I bet when you look back, you, you wouldn't want that. So um, thank goodness um, you were found and you didn't um, take yeah. yourself over the edge. Yep, yep, well that's that's the thing is uh, everybody, there's a pebble effect goes on, so if you think a pebble into a, a glass pool, it ripples out and ripples out and ripples out. I didn't realise that the effect that my mental health was having on people that I didn't think cared, you know, because they everybody would become worried um, and eventually it ripples out. So yeah, that there is help there for, for everybody. It's just reaching out and, and getting it. Yeah. Well, your, sto- your story will certainly hope, um, inspire more people to realise that there is help out there. So um, your experiences is good um, good for other people to take from it and that you can come out the other end. So um, well done to yourself. So um, thank you very much for your time, Graeme. Um, you're welcome to come on the podcast at any point. Um, we can avoid talking about part of this if you really want. Um, but, no, no, well, at all. No, we can... <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how we go on this weekend. No, no. I, I, yeah, I would love to come on. I'd love to come on and um, yeah, that would be uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing you all at the game. I'm going to come along and and watch and see um, see what's going on. Oh, fantastic! No, it'll be a good day. I'm glad that you're um, wanting to come along because I wasn't sure you were from speaking to Libby, but thank you. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll have a good day on the 29th, and you keep up the good work. And uh, yeah. thanks very much for your time, Graham. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot, John. Speak to you soon. Yeah, speak soon. Cheers, Graham. Bye bye. Thank you.